use everything God gave you. You can do it. Bro, let's go. I know you're better than this. Be everything God made you to be. Don't quit. Don't be useless with possibility. A major shout out to the Don't Be Useless community. DBU fam, where you at? It is Memorial Day. I was like, nobody is, <laughs> is gonna be online. But if you are in Texas, which a lot of my following is in Texas and Georgia and Michigan, if you are in Texas, it has been, we got 10 straight days where the rain is supposed to be coming down. It's supposed to be storming, all the things. So I just wanna say thanks to everybody who is watching live, who is open to sharing, open to hitting the thumbs up. If you're on YouTube, which is you guys, if you're on Facebook, hitting that um, arrow to share out would be amazing to let somebody know that we are here today, even though it's Memorial Day. All right, you guys know the purpose of this podcast by now. We are in episode 36, and the purpose of this podcast is to help you deliver on your vision, build your confidence, and help you deliver on those God-given visions in your heart using your gifts, right? We don't want you to put all that goodness inside that you got. We don't want you to put it to the side. We want you to use it. So this podcast and these conversations are helping you navigate in life. You can correct things that you feel like need to be adjusted in your life. That is what we're here to help you do. So uh, let me say what's up to my family. And then we're going to jump into these two conversations today. Hello, Angie. Hello, Alicia. Hello on YouTube. You guys, I see your numbers watching, but I, I don't know your name till you drop something in the comments chat. But Facebook, I see you guys. And I see a couple more trickling in on Facebook. What's up? What's up? Okay. Now, there has been a huge story. I think it's huge in the church space, definitely the church space for people of color. Heather Lindsay has, their names have hit the media uh, with some various allegations against them. We're gonna dig into this today. I think it's very important that we talk about this because I think part of it is, okay, how do I process whenever I see a pastor or someone uh, get falsely accused or something comes up and I'm just like, you know what? I don't know what to think about this. At one point, one side of it, you don't want to be mad at them. At another side, you feel like you're seeing evidence against them. How do I deal with this? Heather Lindsay um, is the founder of the Pinky Promise. It's a conference. She's written multiple books. Uh, he's a pastor um, and they have a primarily black congregation, but uh, they have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of followers. Um, and so the recent allegations were this, uh, one was around him and homosexual al allegations. That one hasn't been proven at all. At the same time, it's been alleged. Um, and let me, I'll give my opinion right now. I'm just going to state what's out there. The other um, thing that's been alleged that there's co-mingling of funds, that the money isn't being handled all with integrity. Uh, there's other things being alleged, um, of the character of Heather Lindsay. And this is a bummer. It's a bummer because whenever you have someone who is prominent in ministry, you don't want to see them go down. Here's why I don't want to see them go down. I want to see them accountable. If anything has been misstepped, absolutely. But the ripple effect it has with all the people who believed in them is catastrophic. You feel personally betrayed when you believed in someone and they do something to hurt you, even if you don't know them personally. It's the same for other folks. Steve Harvey, 
when Steve Harvey had some aggressive comments with Monique and different things that happened before, you know it, he didn't have a show anymore because people start turning. They get upset. They feel like you have taken them out by being a person that was one way. And then later on, people say they're not that way. They're really somebody different. So this thing with Heather Lindsay, Cornelius Lindsay, I watched this video today and it was uh, two people, a husband and a wife. They had their cute little baby girl sitting in their lap. They were at home and the guy who was talking on this YouTube video, he used to be the administrative assistant for Cornelius Lindsay. So he, in his email, y'all, he is showing email conversations. He shows it in the YouTube video. He shows receipts. He starts showing stuff. Now, what he doesn't show is any other side conversations or any text messages that happened because he did say he had a church cell phone at the time, so he doesn't have that anymore. But he is showing different things and he is showing how now, you know, he's been fired for a year or two now, but he said it's because of him surfacing all this stuff. All right, I'm stepping away from what he was saying and I'm gonna bring up a couple things to you guys. First of all, um, accountability is necessary. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. Have I seen pastors misuse funds? Totally. Growing up, I feel like it was really hard to trust pastors, but I think part of it is because they didn't have the education to know how to separate your personal money from the church's money. That's a real thing. And you need to be able to know how to manage both. I know that we are really, really, yes, receipts, Alicia. Oh my gosh. I was so heavy and burdened watching it. Um, the other thing when it comes to accountability is for pastors is you really want to have a board in place. You want to have a board where people know what's coming and going. Look, cousin, I see you. People are coming, like, you know, what's happening for our church. We have a person who manages funds. We don't personally touch them as pastors. We're not seeing a list of everybody who's paying tithes because that's between them and God. This is how I, my past, my husband and I run our ministry, but we got this from somewhere. Bishop Butler, we were taught, we were, we came into ministry. We were taught how to manage it. Y'all, we are so specific about making sure we don't co-mingle stuff that even on like the, the quarantine. So we've been doing a lot of online services and stuff. I'm not even going to use the church's camera if I can use my own, because I want to make sure that the camera, the church's stuff is preserved and I don't ever take it on as mine. I use my own things. Like we are that specific as husband and wife and just as pastors, we draw a very sharp line, a very sharp line between this is a church. It's y'all all the way to ink pens. Y'all, you could think, and it's for the same reason. The reason why Heather and them are blowing up is because there definitely has been some operating in the gray just based on the boy emails that he showed in his thing. There's a gray that they might have started walking in. And what happened is maybe they couldn't see black and white anymore. Maybe. But I'm telling you, think about your own personal life with this. How many things started off where you had a clear line? I don't do this. I do this. And eventually you got too comfortable. I'm preaching. You got too comfortable. And then 
Now you operating in gray. And before you know it, you done tipped over to the black. You all the way off the rails, all the way doing the thing that you said you were not going to do. And sometimes that thing creeps up on you. You don't even recognize, oh my gosh, I have fallen off. I have fallen off. So my thing is for Heather and for Cornelius Lindsay, my prayers are with them for real, for real. Like praying for leaders, I'm praying for them. Why? Because let's say that there were some things that they did do wrong. Let's say just by happen chance, happenstance, <laughs> that they did do something that they should not have been doing. I don't think their life should stop here. They may have to take steps back from ministry. They may have to repair their relationship. They may have to figure out what they're going to do. But it doesn't mean that there's not a call on their life to preach the gospel. Heather has sincere convictions. You look at her videos back on YouTube when she had no followers like they have. She has been faithful. And because she's been faithful, I'm like, there is no way that I am going to be a person that says you now need to be thrown out for the rest of your life because of this season of whatever could be wrong. Y'all, who are we? We have been completely forgiven. God has forgiven us. And are we accountable for our actions? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It doesn't mean that no one knows what's going on, but guess what? Does everybody need to know? No, I don't think we do. I don't think we do. At the same time, God is the one who is the one who will bring about justice. Let me look at some of your comments. Yeah. So Alicia said earlier, not the receipts. Absolutely. Receipts are being shown. And I'm trying to understand how this boy on YouTube did not sign an NDA. When you work for any organization, you have signed a confidentiality agreement. So the fact that he's showing emails is bad. I'm like, buddy, they could come for your throat. That's a whole nother thing. Uh, Jairus, my cousin, love him dearly, said, you're uh, speaking the truth, cousin. Yes, it's the people you surround. That's right. It's the people you surround yourself with. So especially as spiritual leaders, as pastors, y'all, there is something that I heard um, with pastors and bishops and ministries. Um, and this was last year. My husband and I sat down with another ministry couple. And this couple... Um, they're local and they were, you know, just chatting. It was our first time, the four of us. Cause I get weird about like getting real close to other pastors. Cause I think low key folk be competitive and I think it's real junky. And I'm like, okay, this is about Jesus and the people. I don't care about none of the other stuff. So I'm, y'all gotta pray for me. I'm real hesitant. I'm real. I'd be real hesitant. Okay. But we sat down with this couple and we're mingling with them. We're talking. And then the conversation goes left because it goes left to me. Because the, the, the guy, the pastor that we we're sitting down with, he starts talking about how when he used to be an armor bearer and how he used to witness women come into their hotel rooms when they would be traveling evangelists and how there was this whole underground cold thing of them sleeping with other people. I'm sitting here, y'all, I just wanted to eat my burger and fries. I was like, Hold up. Not now, now we gossiping about the sins of the uh, what? What the how, how do you sir think it's okay? How cuz we didn't ask. We didn't bait that out of you. We didn't draw it. You was ready to pounce on this conversation. And I'm sitting here thinking to my point that I'm making today. Yes. Pastors, leaders have to be accountable. We're accountable. I'm accountable. 
Why? Because you never want to be a person that's in the gray. You want it to be black and white, especially when you're leading people, but especially when you're leading God's people. And especially just as a person, you yourself should have people that you can call on who can make sure, make sure that you are still on the straight and narrow, right? You want good folks around you. Anyway, so it was a whole thing, but let me just say for this Heather Lindsay and Courtney Lindsay thing, um, because my heart gets heavy whenever I see any pastor blasted in a negative way, because I feel like the enemy runs havoc. He runs havoc. I mean, spin stuff it, it's it's going to get messy because that's just what happens. Um, and then I'm gonna go to these comments cause you guys are rolling in, uh, something that I think every leader should have, and you should have in your own life is standards. You need to know what your standards are. You got to know what your standards are. You have to know, I don't go, even if, uh, for someone who disagrees with me, let's say somebody rose up on you and cuss you out. What is your standard of how you conduct yourself? It should be based on the word of God. If you're a Christian, most of my followers are Christians. I'm a Christian, of course. So what is your standard? Is your standard that you can speak truth to them? Or is your standard that you have to walk away? Cause you know yourself, but what is your own standards? What is it? Now, y'all, if I walked through and told you some of the things that were alleged or that I saw receipts on, I would only be telling you part of the story. And then I would be gossiping about them and I'm not going to do it. Something that got me really sad though, was eventually this guy starts straight coming at, at Heather. Like he starts saying, because you prideful, because all that's judgment, because you prideful, because you arrogant. That's why I got to do this. Right. So it go, it goes into First, you might've got started the video with the right intention, but now you don't talk so long. You don't start a key, like you don't start giving personal judgment from you to somebody else. And that's not good. Why? Because now he will have consequences for that action. Y'all, I don't want nothing to do with it. Nothing. to. So I am going to talk through some practical ways of how you deal with this stuff without going left yourself. Cause it can take you out if you're not careful. All right. Uh, Angie said, who does that? Um, Lord. Yes. All right. Jared said, uh, false prophets are coming before you and you see it. Yes. Thank God that you see it. Absolutely. Y'all false prophets can be related to you. Okay. And here's the thing about false prophets. They don't think they're false y'all. And now I'm not talking about Heather and Courtney Lindsay. I'm talking about in general. Cause of the comment of false prophets, y'all false prophets don't think they false. A lot of times it just like the, the Pharisees with Jesus, the Pharisees thought they were right. They were convinced that they were right so much that they were coming for Jesus. They thought they were right. They told people y'all are following the wrong one. Cause that's how they believed. And so you have to, that's why grace is needed. The people who wrong don't know they wrong. A lot of times they're convinced they're right. And that's why we have to be really careful about what we take in, especially if we're taking in someone else's judgment of another. Okay. Cause of course they think they're right, but it doesn't mean it's everything. But yes, false prophets, that's a big, big deal. Tina said, Hey man, Hey Tina. I don't know her personally, but I just love her somehow um, online as I see her. Okay. Um, and I think it's because of your faithfulness to the talking is why I have such a, a heart for you, um, Tina. All right. Karen says, woo woo. Hey, Karen. Uh, Karen says, just because someone accepted a calling, whoop, I ain't read no further, but she about to go in. Here we go. 
Karen says, just because someone accepted a calling doesn't mean they are mature. Unfortunately, in many instances, the personal development is the process that develops as the person matures. The calling and the person are separate. Karen, you preach it up in here. The calling and the person are separate. Let me break this down as, as how I see it too, Karen. So for example, myself, I have a call on my life to minister God's word, to encourage people, to help set people three, free through the power of the Holy Spirit. Like I, that is a part, that is big picture for me. It's why I'm here on earth. At the same time, if I am immature as a person, it will come through in everything that I do. So I can have a calling on my life and not grow up and everybody will pay for it. I will pay for it because I did not allow myself to grow up and to mature. It's the same thing that I think is really dangerous when people are angry. Like I've seen this before and I'm not a fan of angry pastors. Pastors who have gotten so caught up with an issue or an agenda or a mission and they are ticked off. And so in their messages and as they're preaching, love is not the motivation anymore. They just tick, they mad. And maybe it's great delivery, but it's not an indignant, righteous anger. It's, it's literally, I'm ticked off. I hate this. I can't stand this. That's not what they're saying, but their delivery says personal agenda, personal irritation. Per and we're not there for our personal gain. We are there to be used and here for the people. So I love Karen's comment of that breakdown between a person being separate from their calling. Absolutely. You want to make sure that no matter what your calling is, because everybody is in pastor, spiritual leaders are listening. Guys, whatever your calling is, whatever you are to be doing in this world, there is a mature, a maturity process that has to happen. And that's for all of us. The Bible talks about, um, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, but now I'm grown. I need to do grown things, but some of us grow in age, but our maturity is still that of a child and we have to learn to grow, but it takes a process and we have to submit to the process. All right. So a comment says, yes, I agree with you, Karen. Amen. Yes. We are all on the same page with you, Karen. Angie gave a comment. She says, walk away. Uh, just don't follow behind me when I do. <laughs> she says. She says, walk away earlier. When I talked about what do you do? Somebody rose up and cuss you out. She says, walk away and don't follow behind me. If I walked away, release me. She said, let me go. We have another comment before we um, take a turn in this conversation towards loyalty. All right. The calling is what God uses for his kingdom purposes is what Karen says. Karen says, my development is my responsibility. Hey, she says, while God's grace covers, he will caution, let's go, Karen, reveal, correct, and strengthen us to become mature in our lives. Character comes with maturity. Absolutely. But let's make, let's make this all the way plain. There are some things in our lives right now that we know could be better. It could be um, 
negative self-talk where we beat ourselves up all the time. It could be the total opposite. We think we're better than everyone. Every time we look around, ain't nobody good enough. Like it could be arrogance, pride that could exist. Um, there could be all these different things that we know in our heart. Gosh, I need to be better. I need to change. I need to make the adjustment. Here's the thing. Maturity says I'm going to keep putting pressure on that area in myself until I'm until I've grown, until I'm better. Maturity says I'm not going to know it's here and do nothing about it. Maturity says I'm not going to let people push me into being something I'm not. I'm not going to let peer pressure as an adult still be a part of how I make my decisions. Spiritual maturity says God is my compass. And I am going to keep learning about him, reading the word and growing in him so I can be the person I know he is calling me and he is nudging me to be. I feel his pricklings. Spiritual spiritual maturity says I'm going after God no matter what. And I'm not going to let anything keep me from growing in him. So know, to Karen's point, that character comes with maturity. And the last thing I wanted to say about this particular thing before we transition guys is when it comes to pastors stepping out and making some questionable decisions, something that happens to the people who follow them, uh, something that could happen, doesn't happen to every single one, is trauma. I think sometimes, especially in the black community, we overlook the fact that we could be traumatized from the heartbreak of their bad decisions. They, they've made bad decisions and boom, it hit us. And now we're living in a way that is <sighs> trying not to ever let that pain happen again. So now we're walking around living very protective of ourselves and trying not to, you know, ever go to, I'm never going to go to church again, or I'm going to make this extreme decision over this one bad account even over two bad accounts. And sometimes we don't recognize that we are, have actually been traumatized, like our hurt, we've been traumatized from the situation. So when it comes to um, dealing with trauma from church hurt, I wanna say this, one, just like a comment was given earlier, make sure that you separate the person from the calling. That person still is called by God. The message, messages that they have taught, they have preached, that they have studied, you can verify it in the word of God. It's not just their opinion. Y'all, that is still God's word. But the vessel, the person may have been cracked or damaged, flawed. And so now we have to deal with, but I had so much weight on the person. So much confidence in the person. And now that person has hurt me by their actions. Whatever the trauma may be from these situations, please give it over to God. How do you do that? You actually tell God, God, this situation hurt me. I don't know how to deal with my emotions from this. Lord, help me to not make this, make bad decisions because of how I feel and what I'm dealing with. Okay. So, it's giving it to God. And here's the thing. The second thing is you're going to be praying for that person. So Heather and Cornelius Lindsay, I don't follow them heavily for my own reasons. I had different things where I'm like, Ooh, I'm not totally vibing. And that's just me. I'm not saying, Oh, this is why I couldn't get down with them because look what's come out. That's not my place. And that's not how I felt before, but 
I wasn't a heavy follower of them, but I'm definitely going to pray for them. Why? Because they need it. They are under attack, whether it's justified or not. They are under attack. I don't want this for them. Same for people who hurt us, misused us, cheated on us, walked out on us. We thought was a friend and they tripped out. We pray for them. When you can pray for somebody, blessings on them with your whole heart, you are truly healed. Truly healed. When you can do it more than once, more than once, you are truly healed. And that's what you want. You want to be able to, yeah, maybe have a different process for how you accept a leader, a pastor or whatever in your life. But that is, it's a big deal. All right, going to the comments and then we're going to take a turn here. This is what I dealt with church hurt. Angie, I'm with you. And it's something because, um, I feel like at this point, there are some folks I interact with. I can tell they've been hurt by church before because they're very, uh, even in how they look at me when I'm talking or, or my husband, they're, they're almost like hoping, please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. You can see it. You can see it. And, um, something that I love and I take confidence definitely with my husband and I is we are exactly who we say we are all the time all the time. And I love that people can have confidence in our leadership, honestly, and, um, in our integrity and our character. Um, it's a really awesome thing. So I'm really grateful guys uh, of all the fire God has put me in to grow me up (laughs) and the fire he's put my husband in. Another comment says from Alicia, you're right. And it saddens me when I hear people say they no longer go to church because what a leader did. Yep. Angie says, I did that and prayed to get back and it was a struggle. Absolutely. But you back, Angie, you are back and we are glad to have you back. There's a clear difference between um, going to church online and being in the room. It's undeniable. And if anyone thought it was the same, this quarantine time, I'm sure has shown you that without going to the building fellowshipping with other believers, being with people of the same faith. Look, it is not the same. You want to be with them together and in the place. So I'm, I can't wait for all this stuff to be lifted. Typically right now we go into Q and A. I did not have a question to cover today. So I have a topic or a scenario that we're going to walk through and I cannot wait to hear what you guys' thoughts are. The conversation is around loyalty, not church loyalty, people loyalty. I'm going to give you a scenario. I have seen maybe a best friend group. Three people are best friends. Four people are best friends. Or they just cool with each other and they are friends all the way. Okay? So what happens is maybe two people in this friend group, let's say it's three, Two of them get into an argument and it leaves the one friend left to decide, okay, am I still friends with both of them? Am I still loyal to both of them? Am I not friends with either of them? So I'm not being pulled into drama. Where does the loyalty lie? So that's the first scenario around loyalty for you. If your friend falls out with somebody, have you fallen out with them too? Where do you sit with loyalty? Because we heard it, you know, I need a ride or die. (laughs) 
on how to die, chick. We've heard all the things about being ride or die, going to the end. I want to know, do you have a line? What is your personal standard? Where do you take it when it comes to friendship loyalty? Okay. What are the things that make you say, I no longer am obligated to be loyal in this situation right now or to you right now anymore because this line has been crossed for me. Where does your loyalty end? Okay. This is a real thing. Actually, the example I gave earlier, their loyalty ended when he was fired. (laughs) It sounds like he was protecting them, not in a bad way, but the guy like he He was bringing it up to them. He was trying to get them to be accountable. They wouldn't and all of that. But when he got fired, his loyalty seemed to have ended. And then now it's on a whole nother level of not being loyal. (laughs) He's like, I'm done. I'm done. All right. So for you, loyalty. For me, um, I want to do what the Bible says. And it's hard. This one is hard. Let me tell you why. Because if three people, three of us were best friends and two of them fall out, my reflex would be to try to stay friends with both of them. That's just me. Like I'm gonna try to individually stay friends with both of y'all, but y'all know how that goes. Somebody gets, uh, somebody starts saying, oh, but you're more friends with them. Why are you hanging with them? You are put in the middle. You are all the way in the middle. If you're friends with two people that are feuding. And then sometimes they may question whether or not, you know, you're really being loyal because you are friends with the two people. Now, on another note, um, I feel like stepping away just to let it breathe is completely underrated. There are some people we would be friends with right now if we gave that thing time to breathe. Now, when I was in my 20s, I didn't know anything about this. I thought once a friendship ended, it was gone forever. It would never return. Um, I thought, look, everybody got mad. We walked away. We're done. I didn't know anything about redemption, about letting a situation breathe. And then eventually you're able to be, your, your friendship can be restored. Don't sleep on giving somebody a chance to just come back to themselves Don't sleep on it. Let them have their moment. They may be in a a bad breakup or a situation where they are all caught up and you just need to let it breathe. And then if the friendship is still in season, then you will come back to it and y'all can pick up where you left off. But don't sleep on loyalty. But it doesn't mean that you can't let it breathe even though you're being loyal. Now, Another uh, example or scenario around loyalty, I need to know, you're married, okay? Your husband falls out with somebody and maybe it was couples, you know, like it's uh, you you and your spouse, y'all, y'all are friend couples with another couple, right? Now, your husband has fallen out with the other husband. So are you not cool anymore with the wife? Are you, are you riding down with the husband? Like, look, if he ain't, if he don't like you, I don't like you. If he said he out, then I'm out. What, what's your, what, where does your loyalty lie when it comes to that situation? How do you position yourself? 
how do you position yourself if your spouse goes down? Like they like, look, I'm done with this dude. So now what? Where do you put your heart? Where do you put yourself when it comes to loyalty to that to the wife in that situation? I'm curious. Okay, so I'm going to comment here. Um, it says, uh, oh, from earlier talking about love or faith family. Love you guys too. You guys are great. Andrea says, oh no, she missed the beginning. That's okay. We talked about Heather and Cornelius Lindsay and how all the allegations and things and kind of where we put ourselves when it comes to that, Andrea. So that's a big conversation you have to listen to later. But for this topic, Andrea says, depends on what happened, but definitely to my husband first. Okay. Can I challenge y'all with something? And this is going to go a bit into the profuse point. Let me challenge this. The Bible says that we are to, within our power, live peaceably with everybody. Everybody. The Bible also references turning the other cheek when we're wrong, that every time we're wrong, we're not waving some banner and just bouncing on people. The Bible says that people should be given more than one chance. Okay. The Bible also says that we're not to be judging other people, that we have to be really careful about that. So now I'm going to ask you to revisit this again when it comes to your spouse. If my husband falls out with somebody, if he falls out with somebody, I'm not hanging with them. I'm not going to put myself where they could talk to me or do something that could really hinder, you know, my relationship. At the same time, I cannot allow my heart to turn against another person in a way to where now I'm in offense and I'm angry. I challenge the ride or die chick. Why? Because the Bible does not support the theory that if somebody else is offended and angry, I should be offended and angry. Show me where. Show me where with the ghetto clap. Show me where. Y'all, when Jesus was about to be, and I'll give you another uh spiritual example, scriptural example, when Jesus was about to be taken to be crucified and the soldiers came to get Jesus, Peter pulls out a sword and Peter is about to be swinging on them. And what did Jesus do? Jesus like, Peter, don't do it. Why? Because Peter was like, I have every right to defend Jesus. They coming at my friend. They coming at my Lord. I'm coming for their throat. But the way Peter was about to do it or the way Peter was striking out to hurt other people was not God's way. And so Jesus had to step in and say, I need you to back up. And this takes me right into profuse point. Guys, there will be times where you think that the way the world has set things up is the way it should be. Until you actually dig into the word, will you begin to see that hold up some of these popular quotes, memes, and phrases that's rolling around the internet is not truth. It's not, it sounds cute, it rhymes, it go together. I might have experienced something like this before, but it doesn't mean it's God's way. Again, Peter was asked by Jesus himself. Don't hurt these people. Why? Jesus was like, God will take care of them. Jesus said, if I needed to be fought for, I will call down angels and destroy these dudes. Y'all know it's my ghetto paraphrase. But God makes it clear. You should not 
let somebody else's bone to pick, as they say, become your bone to pick. It's not for you to do. So back to the spouse example. If my husband falls out, if I fall out with somebody, does that mean that my, my husband is still talking to them, chatting it up, da, 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 da? No, he may pull back a little bit. He may even acknowledge to them, hey, it looks like you guys are on the same page. I really hope you guys can work it out. So he's showing good faith. At the same time, he shouldn't be jumping off mad every time I'm upset about something. Why? Because he has to guard his heart. I have to guard my heart. So rot death to the ride or die and the ride or die dude and the ride or die chick. Why? It is not God's way. It is not. I can be loyal to him without going south in my heart and going south in my thoughts about other people. So the point I want to make is check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> check yourself before you wreck yourself. Seriously, that this is in terms of best friends. Your best friend fall out with somebody, you mad. Mm-mm. Be careful. Yes, they might've been done wrong, but you gotta keep yourself together because your life is gonna flow out of where your heart is. So if every time, hold up, and let me say this, especially if you know they sensitive, you know your friend always mad. They always got they always got an issue. Somebody always doing something wrong and da, 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 da. That person will stay having you upset. You cannot follow their emotions around. It will take you down. Don't do it. Y'all, there are some people that you'll marry or are married to and they always got it. They always mad. Somebody always did them wrong. They always feel like because they still got daddy drama because they still got issues that they ain't dealt with. So everybody's stepping on their toes at work. Good people, they've made bad people because of how they see everything, see the world. Somebody always got, look, that kind of person will have you eventually, when you're married, that person will eventually have you isolated. You can barely be friends with anybody because they are always, every little thing is sending them back. Don't be that person. And don't be the spouse that can't call them out. Babe. This like the fifth relationship we done lost this year. How you doing over there? Okay. How you be? How you doing over there? Okay. Because, um, you know, we clocking 10, 10 in two years of people we don't talk to no more. We got a trend. We got a problem. You don't want it. a good friend calls you out. Iron sharpens iron, but think about it. Iron is tough. And iron sharpening iron mean there's there's going to be some sparks sometimes. There is going to be some friction sometimes. But true friendship sharpens the other. Same in marriage. A good marriage sharpens the other person. It does not dole them out. All right. Let me go up here to some of these comments. All right. And Andrew says, but if he says uh, you can see her, but I'm not going if he's there, which has happened. Oh, totally. Yeah. If he, if, if the spouse, your spouse, boyfriend or friend says, I, I want to stay mad. I'm going to stay offended. You cannot want them to be, you can pray that things turn around, that they're not offended, even if they're not friends with them anymore. Cause we got boundaries, but they don't judge them for being that help them pray for them. I'm rooting for you. 
but I can't, I can't just get, be getting mad because God told me don't be doing that. <laughs> he told me don't be doing that. Andrew said, that's good. Dorothea says, I don't want my husband's heart to be in the wrong space. I'd ask the other wife to pray with me for our husbands. Come on, Dorothea. So good. Get the two wives in that scenario I gave earlier. Y'all are praying for your men so they can reconcile. And y'all know sometimes journeys like that can take years, years, but let God have his way. Keep believing, keep having faith, keep having confidence. And I mean it. Check yourself before you. Chicka, chicka. <laughs> In Jesus name. I mean that so much. I'm going to finish out our time together with a bit of a trip down memory lane. Today is Memorial Day and I want to acknowledge all folks who have served in the military. If you have served in the military or you are the family member of someone who served in the military, say something now in chat, in the comments. If you watch the replay, I want to know. Um, and I also want to take this final piece to, <laughs> I am checked. Uh, I also want to take this final piece, guys, to your favorite Memorial Day memories. Memorial Day weekend memories. I am reminded of when I was a child and I want to take this trip down memory lane with you too. When you were a child or maybe it was as an adult, what are your favorite Memorial Day memories? Because we may not be able to have them all right now because of quarantine. You may not be able to travel, see family, all the things. But for me... It was when we would go uh, to Mississippi. I grew up mainly in Memphis, Tennessee, but I've lived a lot of places. And we would go to Mississippi and my grand, uh, my uncles would go buy a bunch of watermelon. And there was a huge L-shaped porch. It was an old house, you know, so an L-shaped porch that kind of wrapped around. There was like, four doors on the front. Some went straight to a bedroom. Some went to the living room. It was just, you know, just an older house. And my uncles would slice the watermelon in like halves, like four pieces and the, or a whole half. And they would have the whole big old watermelon. They would stand on the side of the porch eating the watermelon and spitting the seeds out into the yard and eating the watermelon and spitting the seeds out to the yard. And as a kid, I'm thinking they are the coolest ever. Look at my uncles. Like they are the coolest ever. I love the whole Memorial Day vibe. It was the coolest. We used to run through the sprinklers. We used to also turn on the fire hydrant and run through the fire hydrant in the streets. Who has done this? Is this just me? My favorite memories were as a kid when uh, we were being raised by just my mom. So going to my senior year of high school, I'm working multiple jobs, trying to help my mom pay the bills. Our Memorial Day changed. Our um, Memorial Day weekend was just the one circle grill, you know, just traditional grill, charcoal lighter fluid. And my mom taught us how to grill food on our own. It was when we first got to see, you know, how to actually do it because, most of our life, we just sit back and just receive it. You know, we just receive the food, you know? Um, and so it definitely got, became different. We would watch old movies and we would grill on our own. 
and it was still fun just the same. But these are some of my favorite Memorial Day memories or even Labor Day weekend memories. I might be getting it crossed, but it was Memorial Day as I remember it. I'm going to read some of you guys' uh, uh, folks who have served just to honor them today, um, whether they're alive or uh, we have lost them here on earth. Uh, Alicia said her dad and her brother served. Awesome. Salute to them. Marie Taylor, salute to you, um, who looks like she has also served. Dorothea says, shout out to my dad, my sisters, my brothers, and my son for their service. Whoa, big military family. She goes on to talk about her favorite memory, which I'll pull that in in just a minute. Um, then Alicia says her brother-in-law um, and a couple of her exes. <laughs> A couple of your exes served the military. Shout out to them, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. In terms of favorite memories, uh, favorite memory, um, Dorothea says, is my dad barbecuing at the park in the mountains. Ooh, in the mountains. That's not Memorial Day. I've heard of it before. I love it. In the mountains. I think um, bears. I know. I know. I watch too much TV. <laughs> Angie, uh, Angie says Indiana family would barbecue at Riverside Park. Ours was Waldoxie Park. We had some family reunions out there. The entire Jackson family of 16 children and all their kids, a hundred plus family members miss this a lot. Y'all, I have a prayer that for our three kids that we may be the beginning of the legacy right? For they'll have their kids. And when they grow up, like we want them to want to come home and want to be around and start it all over again with, we get together these time of years, we have this time of, you know, family time. Like I want that to be the legacy that our, our family has. And I'm praying, should Jesus Terry? <laughs> that we have that here. But yeah, so family uh, Memorial Day weekends were a great thing. I want to shout out to my uncle, uh, my uncle Samuel Ivy, who I love so much. He is one brother of my mother's six total brothers. She has five sisters. So our family's huge too. On my mom's side, there's 12 kids. Um, and my uncle, he served um, in the military and he did two tours in Iraq every time he went, it was just so heavy to me because he's also an uncle. I would say that helped raise me. Um, when my mom wanted to get us out of our really, really bad neighborhood in school, she would drive us across town to the school in his neighborhood. It still had its share of violence, but it was higher academically. And it still was, you know, a rough situation, but we would go there. Um, and we would walk to his house after school, uh, which he lived in a much safer neighborhood than we did across in North Memphis. He was over in, um, South Haven, uh, yeah, South Haven essentially. And so, um, shout out to him for all the sacrifices between his, um, his tours, he would, he worked in a factory and he worked there for over 25 years. I think he might be pushing 30, I think. Um, and he put a son through college. Uh, my, uh, one of my cousins who went to Morehouse, he has a PhD now. He has just worked hard. He's worked hard all his life and also was a soldier. And he definitely had trauma when he returned back, um, and had to, you know, process all those things. And he tell me, you know, you're never the same. Like he's, you know, he said to me, it, it can be difficult, um, that it was difficult, but yeah, we joke about it because there are times he's woken up out of his sleep swinging and my auntie ended up on the floor, like trying to duck. 
because he's having flashbacks of the soul, you know, the things he dealt with in the army. And, um, uh, yeah, so we laugh over it. He is a comedian. Like everyone loves this uncle. We love uncle Sammy. Shout out to him. I love him dearly. Well, I have been um, just so honored that you guys would take time to be with me today. Uh, every Monday at one o'clock, I am here. Make sure you email me your questions and scenarios because we tackle things head on. So you can email me at hello at isprisillab.com. Don't forget here at the Dome Uses Podcast, our purpose is to build your confidence. Yes to help you use your God-given gifts and also deliver on the vision that you see for your life, that you have for your life. This podcast is one way that I help people do that. Um, And I just love the community that's been growing as a result of it. You guys are the bomb. Make sure you share this out. Hit that arrow button, share. Make sure you give it a thumbs up, like it whenever, um, whenever the recording ends. But I love you guys dearly. And next Monday, I'm actually going to be taking a day. I'm taking a couple days to come back to myself. I'm going to be vlogging that. So if you don't follow me on Instagram at it's underscore Priscilla B, follow me on Instagram. You'll definitely get to see more about um, who I am and and I help in more everyday life in that space. So thank you so much, Karen. Love you. I just love seeing your name, um, seeing you here. You're great. So I love you all and I'll see you guys next Monday in a a little bit of a different way, but I'll see you then. Bye.